In the following live session recording, Scott Crow, pastor of discipleship and administration with Mount Zion Baptist Church in Snellville, Georgia, shares the nuts and bolts of Sunday school leadership. Being a Sunday school director is more than collecting attendance sheets and ringing the dismissal bell. Join us as we discover the essential ingredients for leading the Sunday school organization to fulfill the Great Commission. Let's join Scott now. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for coming, and I appreciate uh, the opportunity to meet everyone, and hopefully you'll um, get something out of this. I'm going to make an assumption that everybody here is in Sunday school leadership. Is that correct? Sunday school director? Anything other than Sunday school director? No? Well, you're listening in for... You're doing what your wife said, so good for you, buddy. Uh, okay. So, uh, that will be... Uh, that's awesome. This will be very um, applicable to the situation that, uh, that you are in. I kind of want to start with a, a get-to-know-you kind of thing. I like to do these, so uh, we're going to get up and move around a little bit. We have... We haven't had lunch yet, so we're still awake, all right? This, this afternoon session is going to be a little bit more challenging. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to find a couple of people, and I want you to talk about uh, the challenges that you're facing as a Sunday school director right now, okay? After we do that, we're going to share together, and hopefully um, some of the things that I'm going to talk about will hit some of those uh, issues. If not, we'll circle back between myself and Matt and you guys, uh, I hope to provide some very practical stuff for you today. So find a couple of people, stand up, move around, and uh, we'll take we'll take ten minutes for this. Okay, ten minutes. Okay, if you'll kind of find your seat. I learned that word. We've got one that needs to be split. Okay, tell me, tell me what you heard. Tell me what your neighbor said their greatest challenge was. We're going to list some of these on the board. So somebody... Tell me what the greatest challenge, your greatest challenge is. I think one of the ones that is, to me, a big challenge, but I know that my wife, it's one of her pet peeves, and that's trying to find some school teachers. Right. Mostly for the kids, in my case. Finding leaders, okay? Everybody in the same boat with that? Okay. I was in... James's spot last year as being new to the okay. role of Sunday school director. He's just been thrown into that too. Yeah. He's in the, and he's like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Like, it's just, you don't know where, where, do where I, to start. Where to start, okay. Okay, what else? <coughs> Space. Um, Space, okay. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, go ahead. Uh, we have some issues with people not teaching the curriculum. Okay. Um, how do we want to say that? Let's see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Non-compliant teacher. <laughs> now, is that a, they're teaching their own, or they just don't get around to the material that you have? I know that's not spelled right, I was saying, but... We know what it is. All right. What else? Got it. I just think getting them there on time. Okay. The teachers and the class members. Time management. Okay. Getting them there on time. You were going to say? Uh, one of the things we're really trying to work on, even as I'm speaking, is. We have a lot of people who come to the worship service who don't come to Sunday school. And we're okay. trying to get yeah. those people interested in the Bible study hour. Training for the teachers, yes. uh, especially at the you know the, mm -hmm. the those teaching the kids. Okay. Like I've got an issue with uh, with one teacher getting those fresh four year olds in her class. Okay. Keeping their attention. Sure. And, and feel like she's accomplishing something. Sure. Like Good. Okay. And uh, 
again, I guess I would say delivery. Because uh, we teach, we don't preach in Sunday school. And so we don't want you preaching at the people, you know, condemn them all to hell. Uh, so, you know, they're supposed to be learning. Presentation. Let's just say presentation. Yes, in the back. Um, the children's behavior is a challenge for us. So okay. sometimes they can have some behavioral issues. I was going to say discipline, children's behavior discipline. Another? Scott, I, I know as a Sunday school director slash minister of education, those type of things, and most of everybody I think would agree, sometimes it's hard to lead and manage a volunteer organization. Yes. Because you can't, you can't give them a raise to get them to do better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no incentive to Managing volunteers, that's good. Of course, in our positions too, making sure we're following the child protection laws. Yeah. That kind of comes in right here too, doesn't yeah. it? Kind of goes back to our volunteers and making sure that they're where they need to be. Yeah. Another one you want to add? Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna hit a lot of these, and then the ones that I kind of don't speak to, we'll we'll try to circle back and and do those for sure. Okay, I think I think in, with what I've got, a, a lot of those will help. But I don't want to miss something. You're the last thing I want to do is give you something you don't need. Okay, so um, we'll, we'll we'll do our best to come to come back to some of those. So um, Matt told you that um, I'm Scott and um, my wife is Loretta and we have a little four-year-old granddaughter I do have children as well but you know when they get when they get to be adults you don't talk about them as much do you uh, so we have uh, we have a four-year-old granddaughter I also have three uh, nephews uh, seven four and two months old and uh, they actually live closer to us than the granddaughter, so they're like grandkids. Uh, but anyway, uh, I have been serving uh, churches in the area of, of Sunday school for about 25 years. And I'm only 26 years old, so that's a long time. Uh, so uh, my, my journey in, uh, in uh, serving kind of began uh, when I was 17, and uh, somebody approached me and asked me to be, of all things, the church training director at 17 years old. How many of you remember church training? Very few of us, right? And so uh, at that time, the church was about 100 people. Five or so years later, uh, my pastor asked me to be uh, the Sunday school director. And so uh, God had kind of called me to, um, to the ministry at the age of 16, and that sort of began um, my my journey as a education pastor, Sunday school uh, leader. One of the first things uh, that I did that was very beneficial was something called, and I don't I asked Matt this yesterday. I don't know if they still do it or not, but it was something called the National Sunday School Director Seminar, um, and it was a, a lifeway a lifeway thing. And so it, it gave me a lot of good ideas and, and, and helped kind of launch um, my uh, Sunday school uh, career, if you will. Uh, if, if you ever see or have the opportunity to do one of those Sunday school director seminars, I, I definitely encourage you to take advantage of it. And you're here to, today, and, and this, is very, this is very similar, but as a Sunday school director, how many of you are in this for the first or second year okay large majority of you um, uh, get all the training you can get you know and and a lot of it is not it, it, we call it the nuts and bolts a lot of it does come back to the basics and and you as the director understanding the basis 
basics, but getting your leaders to understand the basics as well. Uh, one of the things we do, and I may say this again, I'm getting off the notes already. One of the things we, uh, we concentrate on as, as leaders is making sure we have a Bible study leader, a Bible study teacher, okay? Th that's, that's part of the purpose. There's more to a Sunday school class than just the Bible study, okay? Now, don't hear me say I'm against Bible study. That's not what I said. Um, th th but there's more to the Sunday school class than, than just Bible study, and we're going to talk about some of that, okay? So I would say um, one of the first things that you need to do, uh, I'm, I'm going to give you seven, and like I said, we'll kind of see which of these we hit, and we'll come back uh, to the others later. Uh, I'm going to give you seven basics to leading the ministry of Sunday school, okay? So, hear my heart, and you've got to understand this at, at the front. This word to me is very important. The ministry of Sunday school. I, I, don't, I don't like the word program. I, as, as, uh, as a leader, I, I want my church, I want my people to understand that this is a ministry, okay? When it's a ministry, it's not here for me, it's here for somebody else, okay? A program is more of a consumer mindset, if you will, but a ministry means we're dealing with other people, we're dealing with people here, okay? So the ministry of Sunday school. So here, here are seven things that I would say uh, could help uh, with some of your some of your uh, challenges you're facing, all right? First of all, define the purpose. You, you, have, you have got to start with why. Why do we even have Sunday school? Okay? If, you, if you're not, if you're at, at a place where you don't have a, um, a purpose statement, or a ministry statement for your Sunday school, start there, okay? Now that's going to be different, uh, but, but basically it's going to somehow include the Great Commission. Um, my, the, first, the first theme verse that I ever used for uh, my Sunday school, and this was 1994, um, I used Deuteronomy 31:12, which said, "Gather the says gather the people together, men and women and little ones, and the stranger who is within your gates, that they may hear, and that they may learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully observe all the words of His law." That was the first verse I used. Back in the day. We printed that out on a dot matrix printer. <laughs> Put it up on the hallway going down the, to all the Sunday school classes. So every week when people came in, they saw that verse. And it was a reminder of why we had Sunday school at that time. Okay? That was the first verse I ever used. Um, one of my favorite verses. What was that Deuteronomy chapter? Deuteronomy 31.12. Um, another verse that um, I have used and, and still use today a lot in, in conferences is, is Matthew 9.35, okay? So this is kind of, and I kind of used, I kind of used this at, at Mount Zion where I am now when we first, when we first came, uh, because we, um, when I, when I arrived at Mount Zion, uh, Bible study there, Sunday school there, was very much a, I'll talk about this more in a minute, it was very much closed group. It was all Bible study um, and, and, and not a lot of ministry, okay? And so I, want, I used this verse to help my leaders see uh, that Jesus did several things, okay? And I kind of told them, look, as a Sunday school ministry, we want to do what Jesus did. He's our example, even in ministry. And so Matthew 9.35 says, Then Jesus went to all the towns and all the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, 
and healing every disease and every sickness. That was my verse. And, I, and, and we just very simply talked about how in that verse Jesus did three things. Teach. He was teaching in the synagogues. He was also preaching the good news of the kingdom. And so we use the word reach. And he was healing every disease and every sickness. And we use the word minister. So teach, reach, and minister are the three functions that we uh, focused on in our, in our Sunday school classes for, uh, for a little while. We did that. We, that was our focus for about, about two years. And then after that, we, we kind of we branded Sunday school, if you will. Okay, and I don't mean like with a branding iron, but um, we, we changed, careful now, uh, we changed the, the, um, the brand of our Bible study from Sunday school to life groups, okay? Some of you heard me say this yesterday, okay? So I'm, I'm not against the term Sunday school at all. If you want to use that term, that's fine. But for me, um, for us, giving the, uh, the name life groups to our Sunday school ministry helped keep before our leaders the purpose of Sunday school. So life stood for something, okay? Here's what it stood for. Um, love people. Investigate God's word. Fellowship with others and evangelize the world, okay? I didn't invent that. That's a lot of people use the term life uh, for their for their groups of ministries. Uh, but what, what we did with that is just very simply helped remind folks, this is why we're here. This is why we have Sunday school. We, we want to love people, that's ministry. We want to investigate God's word, that's Bible study. Uh, we want to fellowship with others, and that was that was uh, ministry and evangelism. And then we want to evangelize the world. Okay, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. And I kind of had, and, you, and you'll get this when you get the notes. But I kind of had a, a a verse, an example for each of those um, ideas. For example, when I talk about investigating God's Word, I talked about the Bereans from Acts 17 and what the Bible says about them, how they studied the Scripture together. They were of more noble character and the result of that was their fellowship grew. A lot of people come to know Christ because of the Bereans. Okay, and talk about evangelizing the world. You can use Acts 1.8, you can use uh, Matthew 28, uh, the Great Commission, so what I did was I, we wrapped all of that up in a statement. I don't know if it's on the, no. Um, we wrapped all of that up in a statement that, be, that be, just basically said the mission of life groups at Mount Zion is to love people, investigate God's word, fellowship with others, and evangelize the world. Okay? That's kind of where we are with that. All right? So define the purpose. All right? Now, you as the Sunday school director... I'm going to throw somebody else under the bus. And the pastor are responsible for keeping that purpose clear. I'll say this, and I think um, Matt would agree with me. You, you've got to have the pastor in your corner. Okay? If the pastor's not in your corner, you need to have a conversation. If the pastor's vision for Sunday school is, is different, you, you and he need to be on the same page. The biggest cheerleader for your Sunday school ministry, and this kind of goes with this right here, is your pastor. If, if the pastor loves Sunday school, the church will love Sunday school. Okay? If, if, the, if Sunday school is important to the pastor, uh, it'll be important to the people. Okay? I want to go as far as to say if, and this is not always possible, if you can get your pastor to attend Sunday school, 
Oh my. That's wonderful. Our pastor and his wife do attend a class and it's the fastest growing class. Of course. Of course it is. He doesn't teach though, does he? No, he yeah. doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't even pretend to teach it. He okay. leaves that to the yeah. teacher. Yeah. You you know it's real hard for us pastors to go in a class and just keep quiet. Be that. Yeah. <laughs> well it's hard enough for us to keep quiet anyway, but um yeah, so that's good. That's good. Your, your, your pastor being the champion of Sunday school will help with this more than anything else. Yes, Matt. Scott, I had a pastor one time that said this, and it radically changed the environment of Sunday school. He told our folks from the pulpit one time, he said, if you can only be here for an hour, an hour and 15 minutes, come to Sunday school, don't come to worship. Yep. That's how important Sunday school is. Yep. And it radically changed their view of Sunday school. Yeah, yeah, that's if great. it's important to him, it'll be important to them. That's right, that's right. And I'll be honest, when I was growing up, I remember a pastor saying that. Yeah. I mean, I was probably in middle school, high school. I remember that, and I've used that myself. I was like, that's the importance I think those small yeah. groups have on us. The front door of the church used to be Sunday school. It's kind of changed yeah, in the it last is. 40, 50 years. It is. Yeah, it is. I think Sunday school is... Our churches aren't. We're kind of moving back towards Sunday school and, and really pushing pushing yeah. Sunday school again. Yeah. Because that is where that's. I mean, the, the sermons are good, but where you get your Bible study. Yeah. Is that Sunday school? Yeah, it's, it's where you get your Bible study, but it's where you get your fellowship too. Well, but so you I, learn to fellowship yeah. around the Word, so yeah. to speak, even sure. when you're at a social. But that's, you know, I just think that's yeah. so. It's a people get connected. People get connected in a Sunday school. You know, they're more apt to stick with you to yes. in the third church. Yeah. Right so I teach our new I teach our new members class or our church discovery class, whatever you want to call it. And when I talk about life groups, here, here's what I say: You're only going to get to know so many people in worship service. Mm -hmm. We're creatures of habit. If you've been here more than two times, you already have your seat. <laughs> and so do the people around you, right? I mean, that's how we preachers take role on Sunday. We look out across the congregation, and if you're not in your place, we know you ain't there. We actually don't like people that move around in a worship service <laughs> sit somewhere every week. Uh, that you can't keep up with them. That's right. And, and so I tell them, you, you, if, if, you want, if you want to get connected, you have got to get in a life group. You've got to get in a life group. And that will help. Uh, that will help um, as well. So um, just encourage that. Have your pastor encourage that from the, from the pulpit. Okay? All right. Y'all good with that? Finding the purpose helps, right? So did we check anything off of our list here? I like to check things off my list. Right now I'd just like to find my marker right here. Um, okay. So where do I start? Yeah, that's where you start. You have to start there. Um, the moving, moving. We we did a little bit of that. Okay, we we did some of this. All right. So your your responsibility is as Sunday school director is to is to train your people on the purpose. Okay. So you you got every time you meet for training or or, or something you do, you got to remind them of the purpose. All right. So a little bit here. Right. Okay. We're going to move on to the next one. We're going to mark off a couple more after that. All right, so first, number one, out of seven. What time? Okay, we're good. Keep your groups open, okay? I want to show you two pictures. You tell me if you would consider these groups open or not. You know what I mean when I say an open group? I'll go ahead and give. I'll go ahead and give you the definition of open. You're gonna get it again in a minute. But an uh, open group is a group where um, that expects new people to attend each time the group meets. Okay. An uh, open group is a group that uh, expects new people to attend each time the group meets. All right. Tell me if you want to be a part of this group. <laughs> What's wrong with that picture? They're all asleep. Well, that's the first thing, yeah. 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 No organization. No. Nope. He's, he's just reading off a piece of paper. You've been in that class, yeah, have you? Study. Yeah. But when you say, um, it, it depends on what, let's say we do apologetics. Okay. And so apologetics may be eight weeks. 
our groups like eight weeks. Yeah. And then we have another group of sons, another group of sons. Um, some groups, you know, in the middle of it, we kind of close it. We, you know, we close it because, okay, let's say we got, it depends on what the, what the dynamics of the group is. Like we have an emotional healing class. Okay. So we intentionally, okay, 12 to 15 people, we close it because that's more of an intimate class and it goes, you know, all the way through. We don't want people coming in now. Okay. So, just from my opinion, it sounds like you're you're doing you, your group is not designed to be open from the start. Okay, so that that that's part of the issue with I, I, I remember you saying not teaching the curriculum. Okay. But if it's Sunday school, if it's direct, like we have a curriculum for Sundays, that's different. Yeah. But we have other small. And I, I'm not, I'm not saying don't have closed groups. Uh -huh. What I'm saying is, on my, on my, my Bible study hour on Sunday morning, when anybody's going to show up, mm -hmm. they have to be open. open yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I very rarely. Matt may say he never does, and if he does, that's fine. I very ra rarely allow my, allow strong word. Encourage. Encourage, thank you. Uh, my teachers to use video series on Sunday morning. Because a video series is kind of lined up that it builds from one week to the next. Uh, your your Lifeway curriculum is built, it's made for open groups. Oh, yeah. It's made to keep it open. So if I just show up in the middle of a unit, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. yeah it looks like okay. Every every lesson stands alone. Yeah. Although it's in a mm -hmm. six to you know eight week series, mm -hmm. every lesson stands alone. Mm -hmm. Alone. Every lesson has a application that they can go that day yeah. and begin to apply their lives. It's not like coming in on week three of experience. Right. God, That's right. Lost. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. But, the, the, the small group you're talking about, the discipleship group of healing, that is a great ministry. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. But if somebody came in and said, I want to do this on Sunday mornings, yeah. I'd say, I think that's a great ministry, but that doesn't fit the purpose of Sunday yeah. school. We that's right. make sure we're unified mm -hmm. as a purpose. That doesn't mean it's not a good idea. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Okay. So, anybody want to sign up for this group? Mm -hmm. No. That's not an open group. Okay. These people ain't inviting nobody to this class, are they? No. All, right. All right. So this this is one extreme. I'm gonna show you the next extreme. You wanna be a part of this group? They're gonna have fun, that's for sure. I have one of those classes. You do, okay. At South Church, you know. Is this a class or a social club? Social Partying too much. They've swung the pendulum too far this way, haven't they? Okay? So neither one neither one of those groups are uh, open. Okay? So an open group is one that expects new people to attend each time uh, the group meets. Okay? So that's why I say ha having a curriculum um, that um, that does that will, will help. Okay? Getting your leaders to understand the purpose will help with this too, because you know if they want if they want to teach their own thing, that's fine. Just do it at another time besides Sunday morning, okay? Now you're gonna hurt some people's feelings when you tell them that, but um, you, you gotta you gotta start with the purpose, all right? So start with the purpose and. Work on that a little bit before you go to them and say, "Hey, I need you to do. I need you to teach the curriculum because this is what we're really after." Mm -hmm. If you can get them to agree with it, they'll figure it out. Okay. okay. All right. So what we want to do with our groups is create a balance between biblical community—that's fellowship and ministry—and biblical content. Okay. Swinging too far either way gives you a closed group, but somewhere right in the middle um, gives you a balance between uh, a balance between the two. Okay, so keep your groups open. Y'all good with that? Yes. All right. So did we check anything off there? Maybe this one. Yeah. All right.
time. What was getting there on time? Okay. All right, we'll, we'll come back to that one. All right. But if you keep if you keep class open. Yeah. And and visitors felt welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you'll get to where you have a space issue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I just heard of a class yesterday uh, that was mentioned mentioned. Uh, and it sounded like it was an older, older class, uh, senior adult class is what it sounded like to me, but the, each chair in the classroom had sashes of that person's name that sat there in that chair, and that's how they did attendance. That seemed pretty closed. <laughs> Were there any open chairs? <laughs> I don't know. It, sounds, it didn't sound like it did. We do that on Sunday morning too. We just don't put our names there, don't we? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have to be careful. Wow. Okay. Yeah, my wife is medic. We had a gentleman that grew up in the church that just hadn't been there in a long time. When he walked in, where my, of course, my wife, uh, I sing the choir, so I sit where she sits. But she's changed in, in the church yeah. for an odd reason. But anyway, he came in and said, Does anybody see here? Yeah. Anybody stay here? <laughs> and in, in her mind, you know, uh, it doesn't matter. If yeah. Somebody yeah. Sits yeah. There. If if they if they act like they should, they'll, they'll be welcome to sit yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. But oh it, yeah. It can be. Uh, it can be an issue. <laughs> yeah. It can be an issue. Okay. So define the purpose. Keep your groups open. Uh, number three. Recruit the right leaders the right way okay so we talked about this if you were in my previous session last night we talked about this a little bit um, we can be pretty terrible at recruiting people right mm -hmm. because I think a lot of times we get to the point where we want somebody who has a pulse <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah we, we, we just need a warm body all right what what did Jesus tell us about finding leaders? First thing, when he said that when he when he said the harvest is plenteous and the laborers are the laborers are few, few. what did he say to pray, pray. pray? All right, so you got to start there with recruitment. Pray with, with finding leaders. You got you got to pray first, okay. Then you gotta, and you gotta get the right people in the right place. Now we won't call any names, uh, but but you can probably think of one or two uh, people who are leading a class at your church, and it's pretty obvious they don't need to be leading the class, right? Um, so you you may have the right person in the wrong place. Tell me what's wrong with this picture. And those of you that were in my group last night, don't uh, let the cat out of the bag. Mr. Brown is the principal of a local elementary school. He is interviewing Miss Jennings, who wants to teach the third grade class. Mr. Brown says, Miss Jennings, the school system's requirement for you to be a third grade teacher is you need a college degree in elementary education. You will have needed to serve under a qualified teacher as a student teacher for at least a year and we'll need to do a background check and have five references. Okay? Let's change the story a little bit. Mr. Brown is the Sunday school director at the local church and he's meeting with Miss Jennings to see if she will teach the third grade Sunday school class. Miss Jennings is not sure she is capable of doing this. Mr. Brown tells her, Miss Jennings, we don't require much. We just need somebody who will occupy the kids and keep them from disrupting other classes. You know, don't let them make a bunch of noise, run up and down the hallways. And if you can, you can try to read a Bible verse to them and maybe even have prayer, but it's not too hard. What's wrong with that picture? But the expectation is very low. <laughs> we do, don't we? 
What else is wrong with that picture? Pardon? Okay. There is record. It's not that much of the lie. It is a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's a very important. Third graders are very important. That's right. How many of you come to know Christ third to fifth grade? Yeah. All right. How many of you had a a, a, a Sunday school uh, teacher that was partly responsible for that? Yeah. Exactly. It is very important. And just because we need a a leader or a warm body, we lower we lower the standards, if you will, or the expectations. Um, you know. need to get another director. Maybe you do. Yeah, maybe you do. We, we, we talk about we talk about children's behavior a little bit and and, and discipline. I, I know that can be an issue, but do you know what a child needs above all else? Love and attention. And if you've got somebody in the wrong place who's just trying to keep them from disrupting the class, they don't love those kids. You get the right person in there and this will take care of itself. You know, we were kids one time. We wasn't perfect. And they said, um, like I think pastor or somebody said, you know, really the reason we really don't want the kids running up and down the hall because they're going to hurt themselves. Or they might run into some of the older people and make them fall down. Yeah. So we need to stress that when we talk about their behavior. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's 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 true, but you 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 start with love and putting the right people, right person in the right place, and this will take care of itself. Okay? Now I'm not saying this child protection part's not important. I think you can. Uh, you need uh, a child protection policy. You need a volunteer recruitment plan. We do. Um, we do background checks on anybody who works with preschool children and students. And and if you don't do that, you need to start. Yep. The the convention has a, a ministry uh, that um, can help with that. They partner with a company in Texas called Ministry Safe. It's very good, but there's sev several others out there and available. Uh, Protect My Ministry is one. Um, we, we use um, a background check uh, thing with, with our church. I will say this, it will cost you some money. It's an investment. Um, but you, you, your a priority has to be the protection of your children. And I'm pretty sure Matt may know for sure. I'm pretty sure you can get some examples of a child protection policy from the from the state office. Okay. And I, I would definitely encourage you to do that. That cost is minor compared to the cost oh, yeah. on your church and mm -hmm. legal fees if you run into trouble in the Oh yeah, if you're not if you don't if you don't have a if you don't have a plan to handle that and something happens and there's an accusa accusation, I mean it's bad folks. I'm just saying it's bad. It could be bad. Okay. Uh, uh, behavior. Yeah. Now, we've had some kids, we had to go get the parents about their behavior. Sometimes you have to address that behavior. And then one Sunday, we had a special needs kid, but we were not equipped yeah. to handle him because he, he would just not sit down. He would not stay. He would run yeah. out the room. He go, you know, so the teacher, uh, who, whoever was assisting, would have to run and make sure, you know, you're okay. You sit there. Well, some cases you have to step back and say, okay, you know, you have to go to that parent and say, I'm sorry, we, uh, we cannot, um, we may, cannot provide services for your child, uh, whatever. Sometimes you have to say that. And like within the nursery, you know, you know the, the nursery kid, the one to three-year-old, sometimes they're just not going to stay. You know, when yeah. they start falling out on the floor, hitting their head, and doing, we can't continue, we can't allow them to to do yeah. that then the parent. So sometimes you gotta address the issue with the parent. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You do. So let's just make us a note right here on this one. Finding leaders, you gotta start with prayer. You you gotta ask God to send that person who can help with your special needs child. You know? Um yeah. Lifeway at one time had a whole kind of thing about special needs and I mean that's that's a ministry too, you know. It is a ministry too. Yes, sir. Um, with special needs, we uh, 
we had an issue with a special need. And what we were able to do was um, talk with the mother, well, and father, yeah. and the child, and started actually, because there were a couple of other special needs, yeah. and started with those parents and started a special needs class. Good. And it started out with three, I think three, four, and now there's, a, there's like seven. Wow, that's you know, great. And when I go back into children's wing, it's one of the quietest classes back now. Yeah. Because most of, I think most of the kids are artistic. Yeah. But when they get that sheet of paper and those crayons, yeah. they concentrate on doing it right. Yeah. And so, you know, they, they, I mean, and it's not just keeping them occupied. Yeah. There's a story that goes with that sure. sheet. And as they're working that sheet, they're yeah. hearing the story. Yeah. How much of it, you know. But uh, again, but the other thing is children's behavior. Um, I'm a 25 year police officer, five years. Um, school resource officer didn't get sued while I was there and I got out and got on the street. Um, men, look in your children's department. I would venture 99% mm -hmm. of your teachers in the children's department are women. Mm -hmm. We learned a very valuable lesson in the city system in Atlanta. Most of the elementary and middle school teachers were women. The men was the basketball, baseball, and football coach. He didn't do a whole lot of teaching. But once, and, and, and <clears throat> they realized, and, and, and part of it, and, and, was that we were starting to have some trouble with middle 13, 14 year old boys. And, and they big as me. Because mm -hmm. they're eating all these McDonald's burgers. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I'm standing there, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 220 pounds and here's a, a ninth grade football player that's 250 pounds. Mm -hmm. And so what the city finally realized was one of the reasons there's no discipline is because there's no father around mm -hmm. except the principal. All the principals were men. And so they started recruiting, actually going out and recruiting men to teach in the school. Uh, they did a real great job. They, they, they uh, got a lot of guys coming out of the military. The only requirement was you had to have a college degree, and we gave you three years to get a teaching certificate. And, you know, and, and, but what my point is that once they got some men in the school where when change classes are changing and there's a man standing in the hallway, got a lot quieter. And I was in an inner city school. Well, any of you know where Vine City is down by the football, by the, what you call that thing, the Mercedes? Mm -hmm. uh, Vine City. Uh, that was enjoyable. Yeah. Ideas. Yeah. That's good. Good word. Thank you for sharing that. So yes, definitely being able to recruit, uh, being able to recruit men, being able to rec recruit uh, an educator who has um, experience uh, with, uh, with special needs and, and children is, is great. Starting, I think starting with those parents who, you know, I, a lot of times on Sunday they're coming to they're coming to church so they can kind of, if you will, get a break. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. But so, so presented in a way where, look, we, we need to start this ministry, and you know how to, you know how to handle um, these kids the best way. And would you help us start it? Mm -hmm. And then God, will, if you you pray, God will send you workers. And, as, and we did get folks once they realize that you know, most people think that. Especially, especially these children are uncontrollable. Yeah. 
and they're not. No. They're just like other kids. All they really want is somebody to yep. love on. Yep. Yeah. And once that was figured out, and it took a took a little while, a couple, three, four months, that we were able to then get a couple of, of other people who were brave enough to come back and and volunteer. Yeah. And then, like you say, a parent can slide out of there after things kind of calm down after, and go to an adult class, and then get back toward the end so that you know the, the, the children pretty much don't miss them. Yeah. And and you don't have a yeah. lot of chaos. That's good. All right. I a special needs ministry in your church is an incredible way to reach out in your community. Yeah, it is. Because there's not a lot of churches that are able to provide that. And if you can and God raises up the leaders, you can reach families that other churches can't reach. Yeah. And when they bring their child, they stay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They stay. Yeah. That's true. Okay, so let's we're gonna move on. We're gonna check we're gonna check this and all. Alright. Anything else we can check off after talking about? Recruiting. All right. So recruit the right leaders, the right way. All right. Train your leaders, beginning with yourself. Okay. I just kind of add that as a as a little uh, caveat because uh, none of us have arrived, have we? I'm still learning. I got a lot more to learn. So beginning with yourself. The 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 saying is um, leaders are readers. <laughs> yeah. So you you gotta you gotta you gotta train yourself. So um, in, in connection with training, I would say three. Uh, I would give you several ideas. Number one, a consistent uh, a consistent training meeting. If you if you do a uh, uh, a monthly or quarterly or not many people do weekly anymore but um, a, a weekly uh, just consistency is the key with your training okay so whatever you're doing there are a lot of resources for that uh, this is um, Alan Taylor is kind of one of my favorite this is a good little uh, resource this is 13 12 12 week video session Sunday School Matters uh, it's really good it's kind of more geared for uh, adult uh, leaders, but it's a good resource. Uh, this is another Alan Taylor, th uh, Taylor thing. It kind of came before this one. Uh, it's 10 sessions, but it's for ev every age. Okay, preschool, preschool through adult. I would probably recommend uh, starting uh, with this one here, with that. Um, we talked about presentation. This is a little dated. I, I don't know if these have been updated. I think they're probably on DVD now, but um, Bruce Wilkerson did um, The Seven Laws of the Learner. Um, it's, this is an excellent, excellent resource uh, for um, teacher training. And, and it's a matter of, you know, you set, up, you set up a room with a TV, you put in the DVD and play, and then you talk about it after it's over, okay? Uh, it's really, it's really kind of simple. Not that I'm uh, necessarily a fan of simple, but it's, it's like instant training with your people. Okay, so uh, in, in, this is the seven laws of the learner, and like I said, it's kind of dated. Matt, you may have another. Well, there's a couple out there. That is a really good one. I've used that one before. It is dated. It's not been. Uh, Samson Ministry Resources have one called The Teacher I Want to Be. Danny Aiken is. Okay. The, yeah. Is the teacher. That's an excellent one. It's about. Six sessions. Uh, Alan Taylor has a number of, of resources available. His his ministry is called Ember to Blaze. Yeah. And uh, he has some excellent stuff uh, on that as well. So you can. So this right here. You, this is a year's worth of training. There's ten sessions. You're not gonna get anybody to come in July or December anyway. So don't even go there. Ten sessions. One year done right here. So you start this in January, and and be done. Or whenever your church year starts, you know. Yes. What's the name of that? Forward from here, and it's Samson Resources. When we're through, y'all welcome to come up and take pictures. I won't take this stuff back with me, so 
I don't have anything else left to give away. Uh, but <clears throat> you're, you're welcome to come up and take, take pictures. What was the name of the teacher you want to be? What was the, the author? The teacher on Danny Aiken. Danny Aiken, yeah. Danny Aiken. He's the president of Southeastern Seminary. Okay. He's a good Bible teacher. Yeah. So with meetings, consistency is key. So here's here's one of the way I train my leaders. I send out a newsletter every week. Um, I got I got all my leaders in a group, and you can do if you if you're familiar with uh, Mailchimp, you can do Mailchimp for free. Okay, and you can find I, I, I'll give you you can find I don't. I don't even write my own training stuff. I go find something somebody else has written, and, and it's okay. All right, I, I Ken Braddy, B-R-A-D-D-Y, uh, has a blog, and he got stuff on there that's just so simple. Okay, so my newsletter. I, I wish I had a picture of it. I should have put put one up on the screen. It has the same look every week, but a different article. All right, so sometimes you'll get seven or ten or, or 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 three i try to if if it's longer than seven i try to break it up over two different weeks mm -hmm. and uh people uh, you know i I've, I've said before i don't i don't like to read but i re i will read bullet points mm -hmm. so if you send me bullet points and you bold some stuff i'll read the bold stuff and then you, you got it i mean it's it's kind of it's kind of simple training. It's a way to do, and you and you train yourself the, by the same time by reading those articles. So, um, Ken Brady is really good. Um, Sunday School University. Sunday School University from Kentucky. Yeah. And they have a little um, cheat sheet for each week. Yeah. Um, I think it's like five dollars a month yeah. or something. But you also get videos. Um, and, and they got they got them broke up into three groups now. Um, Bible studies for life, explore, yep. and gospel project. Gospel yep. project, and um, we do Bible studies for life. It's a one pager. Uh, might have eight to ten fill in the blank. Yeah. And then there's, at the bottom of each one there's a application. Yeah. How can I apply this this week? Um, it's good. Yeah. All of the Lifeway stuff has a kind of a separate website for each curriculum that you can go pull stuff off of. I send them, I do the article. Uh, I do an article every week. And then in the left-hand margin, I put them a link to those things. So it's easy to for them. They don't have to go hunt for it. Okay. They just click the link and there it is. Um, I, I subscribe. <clears throat> I subscribe several of my teachers to um, uh, Josh Hunt. Josh Hunt has a website. It's called Good uh, My Good Questions. I think is what it's called. Uh, if you'll just Google Josh Hunt um, Bible Study Lessons, you'll probably find it that way. It it's probably I've got twelve leaders that are on it it's probably two hundred dollars a year but you can do a little lesser you know if you have five or six it may be a hundred dollars uh, a year and uh, it's good he, he'll give you a lot of stuff for any curriculum really that Lifeway produces and it's just questions it kind of helps them do this and sometimes with this not teaching the curriculum thing we're we like to teach what we're comfortable with and our own pet Pete, our own kind of pet thing, you know? And so providing resources for your uh, leaders will help with that because they'll feel more confident in what they're about uh, uh, and what they're about to teach. So, so that will help. I will say this. I was going to say this when you mentioned it a while ago. If, you're, if everybody is on the same curriculum in the church, you kind of get a good opportunity to get your leaders together and kind of have a think tank, you know. And you can do you can do a month at a time uh, and just say, hey, let's talk about this lesson and kind of you, you're just building uh, confidence in uh, for them in being able to present the lesson. And a lot of times that's what some of it is. They don't have confidence to get outside their comfort zone, you know. But 
What what are we supposed to teach? The whole counsel of God, right? Yeah. So, but I always remind them, and this is one thing I, I do. Um, this is the textbook, not the quarterly. All right. I used to I used to tell my class, um, I made the assumption that they read their quarterly. <laughs> And so I would say, I would hit some highlights from the quarterly, and then I would say, uh, let me show you some other stuff from this passage that I saw this week, okay? And I always had my Bible, you know? I may have my quarterly somewhere close, but they, they saw my Bible. And, you know, iPad, phone, whatever, it's, it's everywhere, but I kind of like holding on to my Bible a little bit, so... That's a preacher in me. Sorry. All right. So what are we on? Train your leaders. All right. So newsletters, uh, read blogs for yourself. Send those out. Um, just just uh, train your leaders. All right. Keep your leaders accountable. Okay. That kind of goes back to this, and, and the training helps with that too. Set up set up opportunities to meet with your leaders outside of your. Uh, meeting sessions, okay? I don't, I don't know if you get the opportunity to build your own Sunday school budget. Mm -hmm. If you do, um, I'll say this, Matt may agree or disagree, but budget some money in there for you to take your leaders out to lunch and just have a conversation. I always, I, saw, I see myself as the teacher of my teachers. Okay, and I'm responsible for for helping them, for training them, for caring for them. Um, that, that's part of my responsibility as the Sunday school director. Okay, and that helps keep them accountable. And I found the best place to take them is Chick Fil A. Uh, amen. And here's the reason: you can go in Chick Fil A with your Bible and your Sunday school quarter. Nobody looks no, at you like you got a. That's book. right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. If you right. go to Olive Garden, Longhorn, was it Longhorn? Ain't got enough light in it. <laughs> but if you go into place else, folks look at you like you got a third eye, and then you're sitting there whispering, trying to talk to your person, even if you're not talking about the lesson. Yeah. If you're just talking about, hey, uh, you know, we're gonna have a come to this. Yeah. You know, um, you know. If you will go, I'll pay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. If you will go, I'll pay. That's all I. What I go, yeah. I'll pay. Yeah. And 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 if you bring back some brochures, that's great. Yeah. You know. But one of the things we've done with our with our leaders too, and sometimes this helps with. Um, it doesn't. Well, it does help with finding leaders. Once a year, do a leader appreciation event. All right. Feed them a good meal. Uh, have a, I say have a speaker come in, but I, what I mean by that is just what I what I what we've done for speakers before is just had a comedian come in, let them have some fun, you know, just encourage them. Um, it, it doesn't it doesn't have to be a training session, but just let them know you're appreciative and the church is appreciative of of uh, of of what they do. Now I don't know that that'll help you find leaders, but it might help you keep some. Uh, you know, Paul talks about not growing weary and well-doing, and sometimes all it takes is a thank you uh, to keep somebody from from doing that. Y'all ain't listening fast enough. All right. I got five. We got five minutes, so we gotta we gotta get there. I'm gonna give you uh, two more, three more big rocks. Uh, keep leaders accountable. I think that's the one I was on, wasn't it? Yeah. All right. Uh, multi I forgot one. I left it out of my slide, so don't pay any attention to that yet. Uh, multiply the ministry, okay? So organize your groups for growth. So around the whole principle of, of life groups, I, I ask my leaders to organize their class around that, okay? So, uh, so what I mean by that is uh, we're, we're going to love God, investigate God's Word, fellowship with others, evangelize the world. I had a care coordinator who was responsible for loving helping the class love people. I had, of course, a teacher and an apprentice to help with investigating God's Word, okay? 
an apprentice is someone who is it's not an assistant now, it's an apprentice. It gives the idea of somebody who's going to assume leadership uh, later on down the road. And I'd say let them teach consistent, consistency, consistently, whether that's once a month, once a month or once every two weeks or once a quarter, and, and let them teach when you are there. Okay? We're real good about a recruiting apprentice because we're going to be gone for three weeks. And we need somebody to teach. That's not why you recruit an apprentice, all right? You're, you're teaching, training them. Have somebody in the class who's responsible for fellowship. I call them the party planner, okay? And then have somebody uh, responsible for outreach, helping evangelize the world. And that can do with, with prospects. Uh, you know, that'll, that'll help here. A lot of times people don't move from worship to Sunday school because nobody's invited them. So have somebody in the worship service that's on the lookout for somebody else. All right? You know, we had uh, some people we knew that who ended up going to Jehovah's Witness. When mm. I found out that's where they were going, I said, why, why did y'all start going there? You know, I tried not to say, why in the world are yeah. you going there? <laughs> why, why did y'all start going there? And she, you know what she said? Because they asked us. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I feel about this high. Yep, yep. We so. get, we get kind of inward focused. Yes. And 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 we're we're getting to this we're getting to the to next one. Uh, <coughs> groups have a tendency to become closed after eighteen to twenty four months, and that's why you gotta uh, you got to start new groups. All right, and that is the last one. Clarify uh, the wins for your leaders, and I use the word uh, wins intentionally because I like to celebrate stuff. Okay, we don't celebrate enough. So the wins for uh, Sunday school are. Reaching new people, okay. The the win another win for Sunday school is releasing new leaders. A lot of times we can't find new leaders because we got Sunday school teachers who don't want to let their people go. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They want to keep them themselves. Um, we have a tendency to make people feel guilty for going to serve in the children's and students department. Why would we ever do that? So releasing new leaders and reproducing new groups. Celebrate that stuff. And when you celebrate that stuff, you'll have other leaders that want to do the same thing. Just because you, somebody pointed it out. Have your pastor help celebrate that stuff. Okay? All right? What did we miss in two minutes? What did we miss? Space? Uh, you know, you got to get creative. Well, what uh, some of my teachers or, or one of my, my new college instructor, uh, he's like, look, I don't, I don't care what day of the week it is. Uh, I'll meet whenever the, the college students can meet. That's when I want to meet with them. Yeah. And so, therefore, it opens up space in the church yeah. uh, for rooms and yeah. availability there, uh, or at a home, or you know, whatever yeah. the case may be. And I don't know where you're located. If you're close to a restaurant that would allow you to come in and do a Bible study there, if you're in a situation where you could have multiple, well, we have the college too. Yeah, they're, they're okay. Get involved with yeah. with the college college ministry there. If you're at a if you're at a place where you can have multiple sessions, where you have more than one hour. You know, I don't know if you do yeah. two worship services no. now. So, but you can do, and, and I wouldn't. You can have it where you have a Sunday school hour early, and then worship, and then a Sunday school hour later. So then your worship's not at eleven; it's like nine forty-five. But then you have the ability to double your space on on each of those ends. Okay. A lot of the problem with that is your young families are not going to come to this early hour because for some reason. 8.15 is early on Sunday, but it's not on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You know what I'm saying? Um, but uh, that, that can help with space, too. Okay, so can we check that one off? We talked about training. Time. Some of the, when you, when they understand that there's a purpose to this, you know, and that I could have, guests don't come to church late. Do you know that? They come early. And if they come early and nobody's there, they don't come back. 
So you, you got to help. You got to help them see that hey, this this time's important. Number one, because you got you need time to teach God's word and care for these people. But a, a guest ain't they not coming late? Fifteen minutes early is on time. And if the teachers and leaders will start on time, yeah, the members a lot of times they don't want to come in late neither. No, that's true. They don't want to interrupt class, yeah. and so maybe that will encourage them yeah. to be on Start time. on time is good. All right, y'all have listened one minute over. All right, so thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate thank you. you being here. It's lunch. it's lunch time, okay? And you you really have an hour and a half to eat lunch. All right. Give it a step That's right. One thirty. The next class is at one thirty. So. I'm going to be leading a, a priority of outreach in small groups. So, you know, if you want to come back, I'd love to have you. Thank you.